Oh, gosh, I'm not used to being the one who goes first. Um, (laughs) Hey, everybody. Welcome to Pale in Comparison, a proud member of the Doof Network. In this podcast, my sister from another mister uses her knowledge of the otherverse to take a look at Pact, while Bo's most ornithological work, and I try not to give away any spoilers. I'm Janiet, and Malia convinced me to read Worm. I'm Malia, and Janiet convinced me to read everything else. This episode, we are covering Duress. Chapters 12.5 and 12.6. Before we get into that, however, I'd like to issue a spoiler warning. This podcast is filled with pale spoilers. If you don't know if the Alabasti gets nasty and don't want (laughs) us to tell you, stop now, read pale, and come back to this podcast. As for fact, there will be full spoilers to the chapters we are covering. Yeah. And yeah. (laughs) um, Shout out to. I don't know. If, are we pretending that you're trying to get No, no, I don't, I don't think we can keep that up. It's me, everyone. I lied before. It's me, I'm Elliot. It's a shocker. <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. I'm really excited. Oh, I'm happy. Yeah, I'm excited to be here, too. This should be fun. Although, I haven't been on this side of the table before. Like, I'm worried about, like, what if I accidentally spoil that Tiffany gets lost on the paths and changes her name to Miss? Like, what? What if I'm the one who does that? So I've got to try and be wow. extra cautious. Wow. I can, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, before we start, we wanted to remind y'all to submit your photos for the costume contest. Um, Halloween is over as of the time you're hearing this, which is very sad, but we can always look back on your fond memories of getting as close as we can to like a big cosplay convention of wild bow um <laughs> by seeing your photos all sorts of horribly like maimed sort of otherverse themed costumes <laughs> like i because i feel like an other like or a wild bow costume party is going to go one of two ways everyone's going to have really cool glorious outfits or it's just going to be a bunch of horrifying outfits that make mm-hmm. other people go what are these people reading <laughs> Yeah, which is appropriate for Halloween, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. My um, uh, fiance and I were at Target, and we were passing the like stuffed animal section, I guess. Um, and there were these two blanket blankets with hoods, and one was a deer, and one was a fox, and I freaked <laughs> out. And we there wasn't a cat one, and I was really bummed. But like we saw them, and I was like, <gasps> like I could be Avery. And Ben's thought was like, we could buy these for your niece and nephew because they're <laughs> children. And I was like, okay. So then we did, and they loved them. So that was nice. Yeah, my sister has just been introducing me to the world of cat Halloween outfits, which I did not know. But you can buy all sorts of outfits to torture your four-legged friend with. <laughs> Yeah, she's she, yeah. She's like she's eyeing a bunch. I'm like, wait, why would you do this? Those poor. <laughs> so have they been forced into any of them yet? Or yes, Lexi has a nice pair of angel wings that, honestly, considering her personality, is a great ironic sort of outfit for her. <laughs> That's the one that purrs really loud all the time. Oh yeah, and just like she she sticks her paw up your nose if you don't feed her on on time, like. <laughs> She's just she's such a little gremlin. That's beautiful. But yeah, so uh, apparently people dress up their cats too, which yeah, I don't know, maybe that's maybe that's revenge. That's that's you know, cats cats are constantly sort of 
doing horrible things to their owner so their their comeuppance is they get stuck in these ridiculous outfits. Yeah, you gotta kinda take it where you can get it or something. <laughs> um cool. Well should we get into the into the chapters? Enough about cats. Let's talk about <laughs> stick men. Sticks. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Uh, so uh the the chapter summary for these two chapters that we're talking about today. Uh the squad gets ready for their impromptu vacation to the abyss. Tiff and Ellie are, uh, in the meantime, have a debate about whose family sucks more. Uh, but soon enough, the portal is ready, and after a short flight, everyone lands in the newest abyssal getaway destination, the Tenements. Uh, Blake helps the squad rally, and they slowly climb up past a menagerie of boogeymen and boogie homes. Um, and then as they near safety, Blake gets uh, a really interesting insight into his own backstory and his friend's betrayal. Uh they eventually reach safety. Eva immediately pieces out, and after a bit more infighting and Roxanne getting stabby, uh, they uh, will tie and green eyes leave and build Blake a new body out of sticks, and he immediately runs off with it uh, and leaves all of his non-human friends behind. <laughs> oh, so no, leaves all the human friends behind. He runs off with the non-humans. Mm. Um, but yeah, what did you think about these chapters, Malia? Um, I I really liked them. It felt like it was a very big reveal, but also it didn't really explain anything. um and it i really loved seeing another section of the abyss um just like learning it's like their little neighborhoods like there's like like soho and whatever they all have their own little flavor (laughs) it's a little more pronounced in the abyss though um right but yeah you're right this this is where you really start to appreciate that like there's all sorts of different horrors that await you in different parts of the abyss and it's yeah, I mean, it seems like that it's geographically one to one in terms of space with the the material world. I can't remember what we call it. Um, and it's interesting. I wonder if like the space above shapes the abyss below it. I guess in any way, or if it's just kind of like random, because it seems like Blake, well, like Green Eyes in particular, if she had been in this section and had like boogified, wouldn't have ended up as a mermaid. Yeah. And like that really shapes you. Yeah. And the one to one mapping, like, does that mean if you walked far enough in the direction of Toronto from the tenements, do you end up in the drains and like what's in between? Um, Mm -hmm. Also, if you climb the tenements and open the portal too high, would you like open a portal like, you know, (laughs) 20 stories in the air and have to like jump down? Wow. (laughs) Wait. I just see it would have been really funny if they opened the portal and it was like forty meters up and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> uh yeah, that would have been good. Um but yeah, no, I I, I, I love your pull. Like uh, I wonder like if how like, how Blake might have been different if he ended up in the tenements the first time. Yeah, I mean with Green Eyes, she's just so water themed yeah. that it seems like definitely she would have been different. Um Blake seems really shaped by his tattoos, but also Maybe he would have gotten wings or big, like, climbing claw hands or something. <laughs> yeah, well, I guess we'll never know. Yeah, that's fair. Um, or maybe well, he yeah, would have sh- just been, like, bug person. He would have become an anthill. <laughs> well, yeah, oh, he might have been Spider-Man. Oh, he turns into Spider-Man. Well, but what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> You'd have just yeah. Spider-Man. <laughs> uh um, cool. Well, I guess, yeah, getting into, into more detail of the chapters, and we'll go through them uh, bit by bit. So, yeah, it starts with this this trip 
uh, or the, the planning for the trip to the abyss and um, is mostly just, I, I guess, while Ty is doing all the work, Tiff and Elia are having this big debate about whose family is worse. Yeah, which is fair. I don't know. I love Tiff. <laughs> um, yeah. And obviously the Thorburns suck. Um, <laughs> they're bad parents. They're bad people. But yeah, we haven't had any, I don't think we've had any evidence of like, physical abuse or you know sexual abuse or like all sorts of horrible things that families do to each other and it's interesting getting a character who sees like just how shitty these people are and is like no my family's worse like it it's i don't know and tiff's just so lovely um yeah it reminds me of like like we've seen a bunch of similar stuff in pale like i'm thinking of like yi yun mm-hmm. versus the other forsworn like Mm-hmm. Yi Yun came out of the forswearing and she's still a good person and all the other rest of them are sort of like I was forsworn it was terrible so now I horrify people or whatever um, right it's like it's that sort of way like Tiff is very much this example like standing up and being like you can come from a shitty upbringing and still not be shitty yeah I mean like Blake also um, I wonder yeah. if part of it is the two of them had to get away um, from their situation mm. I guess all the four sworn ended up away from their situation for the most part. Um, but it was interesting, like thinking more about Yoon with Nomi thinking about, you know, how shit her life is. And then immediately being like, oops, my life is not shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> and like, <laughs> you know, Nomi's life is really hard and she's been through a lot of things and it's not great to try to like have a dick measuring contest about whose life sucks more. Yeah. But Yoon story was just so awful and hard um and it seems like you know tiff is like no it was worse to be in my house and that's just fascinating as someone who can't lie to say that i I like i like your call out like she explicitly avoids giving details to kind of stop it turning into that kind of suffering dick measuring contest because she 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 just like wants to sort of establish i think like her grander point is just stop using this as an excuse for your own behavior like at a certain point, mm-hmm. it's like your fault that you continue to be like this or aren't trying to get better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And almost in a in a in a positive way of like if you have a good attitude, you know, like yeah. you, you can you can be a nice and better person and your life will feel and be better if you have a better attitude. Um, yeah. She's such yeah. a good person. <laughs> I love her. She's such a, like, yeah, especially surrounded by all the Thorburns. She's such, like, a, a warm, <laughs> nice presence. Mm-hmm. Um, um, cool. One thing that is sort of random that I was thinking about when I was doing my notes is that I'm really impressed that everyone knows everyone's name. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I guess it makes some sense for the Cabal to know the Thorburns' names because if Rose had, like, you know, as part of a strategy, whatever, like, told them all about their family and why they sucked um you know it might be useful to know oh peter's like this and you know blah 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 um but like i'm not great at names um usually especially when there's like college orientation or something where you're like meeting a whole Mm. bunch of new people there's at least you know a decent handful that i'm just not gonna remember what their name was um and I don't know, like, when did these people go around and introduce themselves? Like, how did they all remember? Like, this is really high stress. And just kind of being like, oh, wow, like, y'all are remembering who each other are. <laughs> Something about that is impressive. 
Wabo forgot to write it down, but the Cabal are actually all wearing name tags. Like they've got that uh, hi, my name is Tiff, my name is Alexis, because they thought this would come up. Um, <laughs> they didn't just want to be hey you, so they were like, yeah. okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's a good point because it's been, it's also been like there's been a lot happening mm-hmm. in the time that these guys have all known each other. So mm-hmm. like. It, I also, like, I wouldn't be offended if in these circumstances somebody had forgotten my name because it'd be like, you know what? You've had more important things to worry about right now. Um, so you're right. Like, it is impressive that everyone has sort of managed to clock onto who's who. Yeah. And, and like, at some point, I mean, I, it's also like if you're kind of thrust into a situation with someone and it's like, okay, help me board up this wall or window or whatever, like, it takes kind of like a kind, person in my opinion to be like so what's your name yeah <laughs> and i can't see any of the thor friends doing that well, yeah, as you um, as you're boarding up the window you just you know so that weather we've been having right like just making small talk <laughs> so where are you from yeah. <laughs> why are you here yeah yeah oh god uh, what brings you here oh <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i so stuff is like banging into the library. I should have realized last chapter that when there's a hole in the library wall, like it's almost over. Like they're, you know, they can't just leave mm. the innocents in the library and go on the field trip um, because the library is about to get broken into. Um, but yeah, I was surprised that they all like, well, yeah, that they had to drop. There's just so many interesting things. Like, how do you like... Blake fell into the trains and also had to climb out of it. I guess there are like cliffs just sort of randomly around. Cause I'm like, how would you, is there just a big like field as part of the abyss? Like, is there ever like not vertical surfaces? How do you get out? Yeah. Like, so they open a portal this time, right? Like, so they're mm-hmm. doing it the, the very special practitioner way of making their, their snake portal thing. Mm. I think in Blake's case, well, because he finds he finds um, Ur, the demon down there when he like uh, when he's coming back up. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe Ur kind of made a bit of a hole when it was burrowing down there or burrowing out. I don't know if it started there or what, but like hmm. maybe it was weak there. But yeah, uh, maybe it's just like Warren's holes, like in Pale. You know, there's Warren's <laughs> holes all around. Like there's just little abyss holes. Abyss holes. <laughs> that sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That is definitely. I'd rather end up in the Warrens for sure. <laughs> I guess Boogeyman have to get out somehow. Yeah, yeah. Um, I also like the note when they're, you know, of course Ellie stole something expensive, and like, luckily Grandma Rose just had random like valuable shit around, and they're trying to lift this big desk or whatever. And I just really love the note that everyone is helping except for Blake, who's not physically there. And Eva <laughs> <laughs> and like Andy, obviously, cause he's, you know, whatever canatonic, but I just thought it was so funny that she just like, no, fuck y'all. Like, <laughs> <laughs> they probably won't kill me if they break in or something. Like, it's pretty funny. Yeah. Well, they're like, Eva's only other appearance in these pair of chapters is essentially the moment where Blake reaches the top and it's like, where's Eva? And it's like, oh, the second we open the portal, she just, she left. <laughs> it's like, like good for her. Like it sucks because yeah. she's useful, but also like, yeah, yeah, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. It was, what did you guys think was going to happen? Like, obviously that's exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. Um, hopefully if Andy really is poisoned, someone can go save him or something. I don't know. Uh, it's weird kind of 
liking the antagonists and hoping they're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wobbo stories will do that to you, won't they? Yeah. Um, cool. Well, but- um, oh, sorry. Yeah. No, I was going to say, I think I'm good with this section, unless you okay. had. So, nope. Um, so, yeah, I guess the next thing that happens is they make the portal, they go through it, and, uh, yeah, they land in the tenements, <laughs> and everyone manages to stop themselves full-on falling and dying, but uh, it's not a happy days, and they all sort of have to slowly climb uh, back up. Yeah, I think I would have died. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I don't have arm strength and grip strength i mean i've never been in that sort of situation where it was like if i don't hold on to this wall i will die but i just can't imagine um yeah especially like Catherine has a dislocated shoulder or something uh-huh. um, and, <laughs> and-, and like the glass hole like so, so many of the uh-huh. handholds have glass on them so they've got cut up hands like yeah. Right, and if you see something that looks like promising and good, you shouldn't do it because yeah, yeah, like there's glass or it'll break or it's a bug hole or you know just <laughs> how do these people do this? Yeah, um, yeah, I yeah when they when they get in there and then Green Eyes is immediately like upset and I feel really bad for her, but like f- physically, I guess she and Blake are like the best off there and like. Maybe Evan? Evan seems to kind of be okay-ish throughout this. He's a little bit snippy with people, but he's he's fine, it seems. Um, mostly because he doesn't have to climb, probably. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, of all the times to be a bird, this is one of the, the best ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I was surprised that Blake would be like physically here again. Although it it's like it makes sense because when we were in the abyss in Arc Nine, it he wasn't like in reflections away from people. Um, yeah, but when he like caught Alexis, I thought he had somehow like forced his arms through the tiny mirror and like grabbed her. <laughs> I didn't realize like no, he just is there and grabs her. Yeah, when well, there's no description of the process of like how he manner like like how is he. You know, like did he did he grow out of the mirror, or like did he just sort of suddenly appear next to Alexis? Like, mm-hmm. I yeah, I, I like I, part of me is like, I wonder how he just like whether he just scared everyone by suddenly existing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or did he just as the mirror fell through the portal thingy? Maybe he also I don't know because he's also like, oh yeah, well like I physically climbed out last time and then. I was in the mirrors later and I was like, what? <laughs> um, so I don't know. I guess I don't need to know because apparently it doesn't matter anymore. So. Yeah. Yeah. The, he's evolved beyond the need for mirrors. Uh, uh, thank we'll, God. we'll get there. <laughs> yes. Um, I guess, sorry, speaking but, of everyone climbing, I also just wanted to shout out green eyes and her, like she must be jacked. She's amazing. She doesn't have like her tail can only be doing so much. Like she's got to be mm-hmm. doing most of this on arm strength alone. Like mm-hmm. that's insane. Mm-hmm. And I think she's also like helping other people. Um, like I think she helps Peter at one point or something. Like she's amazing. Yeah. Um, oh, I guess her her scales are kind of like oh, little like grippies. <laughs> yeah. Like maybe maybe she's like literally like sliding up and down the wall. Or something. Wow. I don't know. That's a hell of a. I hope it's that. Yeah. No. That. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. 
she uh i'm obsessed with her but we'll get to more <laughs> of that later because she's so fun i do love how like blake kind of is a bit upset at like how she, she's like she's very snippy with him when uh-huh. w- whenever he asks us things and it's like she did not want to be down here and it's like well yeah like <laughs> do you like yeah like i, I don't know right. again what did blake expect Right, none of you want to be down here, and yeah, um, the thing she did ask though at the that one point when he, I think when he asked for help was like she was like, yeah, if I end up back down there, get me out. Um, but I mean, we even meet other boogeymen this chapter that are like, hey, can I get out? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) let's go. (laughs) Uh, she's so good. Um, but yeah, so I mean, they and like. It, it's worth coming out. They, they they go past so many different like there's a whole menagerie of, of bogeymen and bogey homes here. Like there's a uh, Catherine almost gets got by some clowns with a rope. Oh my god. Um there's a giant hand at one point. Like it's it's this place is terrifying. Like I, I love how every trip into the abyss there's just all these terrifying like just monsters around every corner that have some weird new gimmick. Well, I, yeah, and it was interesting in the drains there seemed to be a lot of people like who weren't monstrous who were just stuck um and maybe like little tiny aspects of them were like you know not human anymore or whatever but i mean we we weren't in the building but i find it hard to imagine groups of people lasting in this building for very long um Mm. just with the like things are crawling on the outside things are like all over the inside the God, those clowns were like the most terrifying. <laughs> Especially describing like the noose and you're like hanging and they're trying to like catch you like a fish or something mm. and you just and like, you know, kill you. Uh, um And it's so it was so organized too. Like that's so clearly not the first time they've done this. Mm-hmm. Like they had a system. Mm-hmm. Um Yeah, and like I don't know if all the lights turned off on purpose to like so Catherine couldn't dodge the rope or whatever. And she's really lucky it just got a rest. I thought she was dead. I was like, okay, here's like death number two. <laughs> um, apparently Catherine and Roxy do really care about each other. And this is the moment we learned that and she's dead. And then it was like, oh, cool. Um, <laughs> I was really proud of her. And Roxy was really proud of her for getting out of that and managing to make it up to the portal or whatever. Um, but yeah, the the hand that gets the clown, it reminded me of in the episode one of star wars with when they're underwater and that they're going around and there's the big monster and then the yeah. other big monster like you know and there's always a bigger fish like yeah yep yeah 100 so percent. because it's like oh we're safe but we're not safe <laughs> but thanks horrifying monster for getting that one <laughs> I, yeah um, and i guess like because so those i wonder if they get like do those bogeymen are they gone now or do they come back like I wonder what happens to them. Oh. I feel sorry for the clown bogeyman. If you die in the abyss, do you die in real life? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, did you feel sorry for the clown bogeyman before you read Pale? How sympathetic are you oh, to no. these people? <laughs> it, I, it's, it's interesting how much I definitely, when I read Pact, bought a lot more into the vibe of all others are terrifying that like mm-hmm. is in the the essentials and stuff. Like I probably wouldn't enjoy listening to early Deep Impact because I probably am very otherist. Um, it's it's funny how much I've changed to that way. Whereas yeah, like I reckon probably by this time when I was reading Pact, I would have been like, oh, scary monsters, you know, they're gone. Good. 
it's and that's i can see why like just packed readers or whatever would think that but it's fascinating that the story that's from the point of a boogeyman where you see them you know and you get it and you're like oh wow is the story where you're like they're all scary and like the like cute little magical teenage girls and you're like oh wow but (laughs) what about their personal experiences that led them to this place can they change (laughs) yeah yeah the one the one where a bunch of girls get kind of kidnapped and radicalized by a a creepy monster (laughs) is the one that's actually about how nice they are (laughs) yeah yeah. Uh, who else? So uh, who who else is on this wall? We haven't uh, we haven't Roxanne. talked enough. Yeah, we haven't talked enough about Roxanne and her. Uh, oh she makes a bunch of new friends. Oh my god! Uh, the, this is uh, very upset. the descriptions of all these bugs crawling under her skin as she's like clawing at her own skin to get them out is very upsetting. Yeah, and just yeah, because it's they're crawling out of the place she's holding out, which or holding on to, which reminds me of Emperor's New Groove. I don't know why everything is reminding me of other things today, but. <laughs> Have you seen Emperor's New Groove? Oh, years ago. I think I remember the bit you're talking about where they're climbing on the <laughs> they're, outside. Yeah. Yeah, they're like trapped in the cliff over the crocodiles in the um yes, yeah. river. And Cusco's face gets caught in a hole and there's a <laughs> bunch of bats that fly out. Oh no, and the, oh that's not it. It's that that's happening, and then Pacha is like sorry, r- okay, wait. Cusco's face is in a hole, everything's fine, except Pacha gets a bunch of like red fire ants or something crawling down his back. That's the thing. And then yeah. bangs on yeah. the wall and the bats fly out and they get up because cartoon magic. It's so good. But also so yeah. scary. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the thing I hate about the the Roxanne ones is um I, I think there's a point where Blake mentions that they're going under her skin. And then they sometimes pop out for a bit and like go back under, like on their journey, which is so clearly they're like the abyss just trying to make it worse. Mm-hmm. It does a good job of that. <laughs> um, yeah, I would have yeah bugophobia if I were Roxanne after this. If she didn't just already of the worst, yeah, because this is what's so like awful and like pe- people don't like bugs, and I feel like something about this. Like, just bugs crawling on you is bad, and this is bugs crawling in you, uh, which also <laughs> reminds me of The Mummy, but... Yes. Uh, it, yeah. It's very reminiscent of that scene. Yes. That scene messed me up as a 10-year-old. Ugh. I didn't mind it, which is weird. Like What? <laughs> have you, did you ever have that thing where I, I think sometimes you watch something <laughs> really awful as a kid, but you're almost too young to get it, and then you just, like, are immune mm. to it? Like, um... My sisters first watched Jurassic Park when they were like three because um, they were obsessed with dinosaurs. So my mom put Jurassic Park hmm. on for them and they loved it. And like, and, and, like I think that's it. Like, and, and, and you know, like, I was watching it with them when, uh, when I was like five. And none of us really find it that scary. And it's always because like we just, we didn't understand it enough the first time. So we just kind of were immune to it. And I think that might have happened with me and the mummy. I was just, it was so cool that the bug was under there that it just didn't really. I didn't appreciate it, and now I I'm immune somehow. Fascinating. Does yeah, that, does I that was already. Sense? Do you I have think that so, with well, anything? Not really for like scary or upsetting things, because I was a very anxious child that was afraid of everything. But in terms of like, I can. It's like watching movies now where I'm like, oh, that was like a really inappropriate joke, or like, oh, that mm. was like more of, or this plot doesn't make any sense. Just sort of like things 
that you don't notice when you're little that you do notice later, but you still love the thing. But the I have I've had glasses since I was three years old. And so when the mummy like rips the guy's eyes oh, out yeah. the guy with the glasses, that from that point I was like so emotionally scarred. <laughs> That's the scare of beetles. I was like, I can't I never understood that part uh, either because it's like the mummy's taken the organs from people to get his own, but he takes the eyes from the guy who like can't really see without glasses. See. Like that's that's gotta be the worst person to take them from, surely. <laughs> yeah, that's a bad tactical decision. <laughs> uh, um oh, and then Blake is like, what will motivate Roxanne to not stay in this scary apartment where we're gonna get got? Um I know, I'll talk to her like her father would. And it's like, oof, okay, <laughs> I guess. But also, um, do you want to be the one who failed and got lost when everyone else succeeded? Like, I guess that's motivating. <laughs> he told uh, yeah. her to man the fuck up. I was like, that's not <laughs> okay. Especially because like the whole uh, time he's thinking to himself, man, my dad and Uncle Paul sucked. Like their whole way of motivating people is awful. And I'm I'm gonna do it right now. Like it it's it's yeah. But it sort of works. Like I get yeah. I think he kind of like it sort of makes sense in terms of, you know, this girl is ruthless and does has like a history of doing bad and mean crap, like probably because her family pushed her to. And so Maybe he was thinking, oh, this will motivate her, but also (laughs) (laughs) maybe saying, like, it's going to be okay, like, get on my back and I'll help you would have worked more. Yeah, I can sort of see the logic, though, of the, like, if she is that really sort of, the, the, like, do you want to be the one who failed when even Kristoff succeeded? (laughs) Honestly... That that like that would probably have worked on me at about that age. That's too, what you should actually. have said. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I am that petty and competitive. I could see that working on me. So like I I kind of get part of what he went for. Mm-hmm. God, and then these fucking Thorburns can't just can't quite change. Like you know, Roxanne is on Blake's back, and he's like carrying her up this building. And she's like, you stink. And I'm like, you just didn't have to say that. <laughs> like, what are you doing? I, I feel like, yeah. Is that, is that important right now? It would be my thing as well. Like, it's, it's such a wild complaint. <sighs> and, um, and then later when Catherine's saying, like, leave me, my arm is dislocated, like, take Roxanne to safety, and then she's like, and when you do get her to safety, go to hell. I'm like, okay. <laughs> They're just so extra, and it's great. Yeah, I, but I, I I, think Catherine's being fair there, though, right? Because, like, isn't her complaint, like, fuck you for bringing us here? Because that's yeah. fair. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's also funny because I'm like, oh, you're, you're in hell, like, as far as I know. So, that's sort of funny. Yeah. It, um, it can't be very far. Like, <laughs> it shouldn't be a long <laughs> trip for Blake from here. Right. But this was a bad plan. <laughs> it, Yeah, I guess, like, uh, not to skip ahead, it seems to kind of work out for Blake because he does get a body. Um, Like, maybe if they had sh- gone to the paths or the ruins or the spirit world or to the wherever, he wouldn't have shown up, like, in person. Yeah. I guess, I mean, yeah, like, 
I guess they, I don't know that these guys know about all those places, though, is the other thing. Like, this is just another one of the, like, Blake doesn't know about anywhere but the Abyss. Really. Oh, no, he doesn't. No, he did go to the Spirit World, Nox. He knows he about does, the Spirit World. What are you doing, Blake? <laughs> I mean, there's a much higher chance that there's some, like, other or practitioner in the Spirit World in the house. Yeah, true. Like, there to block them. Yeah, but nobody would this think they're why... stupid enough to go to the Abyss. <laughs> Uh, or that they'd make it out i guess um but i am grandma rose's library needs to have some like nicer things in it um because yeah all the others they summon when they're like we looked in the books and we found 58 boogeymen and five wraiths like i'm like there are other (laughs) there's other stuff right like (laughs) why why is this all you have i guess other others don't want to deal with diabolus so yeah i I, maybe and maybe like Maybe there were others, but they're just like they're in the the, the the corner. Like you know, Granny Rose probably wrote them a list of like the books with the coolest others in them, and, and mm. she, you know she was a psycho who probably wrote down all the all the boogeyman and stuff. But the, <laughs> there's like a book in the corner that's like nice, friendly others or something. <laughs> just like kind of reasonable others with like a whole lot of dust on top of it. I do think I'm trying like if they had managed to somehow get to like a fairy court. That would probably be worse, right? Not worse, but like bad. Yeah, I guess if they I, only had to walk so. two hundred feet, maybe they could have made it. That's true. Or I don't know. <laughs> the, I guess it depends where in the fairy courts you end up. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Um, I, like the argument, yeah, presumably is that Blake and Green Eyes know the abyss, so they, you know, in and out, quick trip. They just didn't assume, or well, yeah, <laughs> they incorrectly assumed they get dropped on the I don't know, not the side of a building, right? <laughs> Uh, it's just so mean um oh also looking at my notes there's a detail that the clown's eyelids have been like cut off which that's awful (laughs) all the better to see you (laughs) yeah and i'm just kind of wondering with all the like what choices did you make to become a clown boogeyman like were you a clown that ended up in the abyss somehow i guess maybe not all boogeymen were human originally maybe there's like spirits and other stuff down there that get turned into whatever but how did you become a clown boogeyman? yeah <laughs> what yeah, sorts you- of choices led you to be like my face paint like <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point because that's like that's not a good outcome like if you're going to be calm like you know in blake's vision he was like a giant like gargoyle thing that would swoop down and pick people up and eat them and at least that's badass. He's not like a mm. clown with his clown friends, you know. Like that, it's just, a disappointing boogeyman outcome, isn't it? <laughs> well, every step, right? You're like, okay, like the wings, because you, you know, walking and you know, trudging yeah. around, like you're gonna sacrifice something and get these wings, and like you know, the sharp claws and the whatever, whatever, and like green eyes, right? Like you, you get a tail and the ability to kind of like survive in this setting or you die. But like in what world is I have a creepy, like tattered, (laughs) brightly covered outfit, like helping you. (laughs) Uh, Look, I, you know, I don't, I, I don't want to kink shame, but you know, (laughs) everyone, everyone has their own tastes. Yeah. I mean, maybe they were like, if we look like clowns, people will be afraid of us. And that <laughs> might have some merit. Yeah. Or, yeah, I, yeah, I don't, like, because the abyss, uh, like, the abyss, as you said, it, like, molds you kind of, uh, like, based on what 
will you know make you do better like it gave green eyes the ability to breathe underwater because she was stuck underwater mm-hmm. maybe like there's so, like so many evil clown movies that that sort of made it to the abyss and the abyss is just <laughs> like clowns are creepy that's like a, a good default setting <laughs> i love it um and then yeah it makes me think of i named him mr grimace the businessman with the too tight tie and the grimace face yeah and um, the um like his his suit doesn't fit him right i think like it's like everything's mm-hmm. just wrong about how he's put together mm-hmm. and i can very much see the path from businessman you know to this guy like he's you know he's still in the suit um and that's interesting i i, I just have such fond opinions of mr Grimace. <laughs> <laughs> Well, because he doesn't actually attack them. He like he like sort right. of is, is sneaking up, and Blake's like no, and he's like okay, cool, <laughs> cool. I'm, I'm chill. I'm fine. Yeah, like you know, you got to respect somebody who listens to boundaries. Like no means no. He yeah, <laughs> he he stops the murders. And then he was also like, "This seems like an interesting opportunity," and he shows up, and he's like, "Hey, man, can I get out? It's great." Yeah. Yeah, I mean, do, do, should we just jump ahead to talk? So they they do let him out sure. at the end, um, and I think they tell him to go kill anyone who's over twenty and is a practitioner. Um, mm-hmm. So do we know what does he do? <laughs> like mm. he was sneaking up, but like I, I guess I'm just right. trying to think. He like, made like absolutely no noise and said, you know, so that's cool. I don't know how he'd kill you exactly. Silent businessman, scary face. Maybe he can teleport his tie to your neck and like choke you because <laughs> it's so tight. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess yeah. Hopefully, we'll see because uh, he's, he's been sent out to do to do good work. So I don't know. <laughs> or do you think he'll just disappear? <laughs> I mean, I just like didn't think about it. I was like, well, good for you. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like sucks you're kind of a slave but also i hope you have a nice time <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah yeah this this was the promotion he'd been seeking at work you know <laughs> it's like he's going off to a conference or a <laughs> i don't know you're somewhere where you prove yourself it's a big presentation honey, honey i've got to go away for work <laughs> and hopefully i won't be back <laughs> best of luck Cool. Well, yeah. Uh, so uh, they near safety, uh, and just as as everyone is sort of getting to the top and sort of getting safe again, uh, Blake has another vision and gets some more backstory about who he is and how his friends totally don't have his back. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why I didn't expect another vision, um, but it didn't cross my mind. Um, this is really brutal. Mm. Um, it's also yeah, I think I <clears throat> said this at the beginning. This feels like, on the one hand, a really big reveal, and on the other hand, like it didn't really answer anything. Like it seems to settle. Okay, Blake and Rose were one person who was a boy man, probably named Blake. Unclear. And Blake is kind of like a quarter of them, and Rose is kind of like three quarters of them. Seems to be the implication. And. Barbatorum wants them to destroy each other because it's funny and good times. <laughs> and then I had a thought about like, you know, the spirits like conflict and stuff. 
And like demons seem to be a really good vessel for stories um, and conflict. But yeah, so Rose has a book and it's the diary. And so presumably we're seeing her talk a little bit about Binding Barbatorum and the um, like what she had told Eamon about her plan to help her heir with Barbatorum. Um, yeah. It just sucks so bad. Like, she, <laughs> it's like the parts grandma didn't like about bros was the fact that he had friends and ties to another city and interests. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, you like you like art you care about something fuck that <laughs> like get that out of here yeah oh hobbies no uh, no 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 no. i want you to be a nerd <laughs> and like it seems like grandma rose was c- trying to make herself um i don't know why or if she could have like why she didn't or if she could have just like cut the gay out of page like this doesn't answer that question of like why not page page seems like a really good option um but i mean we've seen how good blake and rose are at this whole situation um so maybe she was just like no they'll be better um but yeah grandma rose was really into books and had no friends and Mm. no hobbies or interests and it seemed like she was like okay this one is savvy and i can make him like me I guess part of me wanted to come in here under this podcast and be like, okay, we still don't know shit. And obviously grandma Rose cut herself in half and that's who. (laughs) (laughs) But I don't (laughs) think so. That's Um, a Bolton specific prediction. (laughs) I just, it's yeah. It's like, I mean, I think it's just, we've known about the whole, you know, them being the reflection and Barbatorum can like cut reflections and like, whatever so this is a nice confirmation but it doesn't it doesn't answer anything about Paige or like what rose knew and again we're not seeing mm. we're not hearing exactly what rose actually definitely knows i don't know something about the way she was talking about it i'm just not confident that i understand what's happening and they all seem to understand like oh yeah we have to be we have to protect rose and it's like why and like why not Paige? why fuck molly's entire life over why (laughs) why (laughs) why um i remember feeling the same when i read this chapter (laughs) yeah i just i can't (laughs) i yeah i think a big interesting point is that apparently blake and rose are destined to fight each other to the death is what she says Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um yeah i wrote down he he can claw it back, right? That that's something she says. Is if if he weakens her, he can become the real one again. It's it seems that way. Um, yeah, she's like, oh, if he finds out, he can get his old life back by defeating me. Then that's bad. Um, and I wrote down, neither can live while the other survives. Lol. <laughs> big Harry Potter Voldemort energy, except this one makes more sense. Um, the. <sighs> Well, yeah, because yeah. I guess that's the other thing for Grandma. <clears throat> like, how does it serve Grandma Rose's plan if, if her two heirs are fighting a bunch? I mean, sh- yeah, Rose did say the thing about, like, oh, well, if you can't 
you know, figure it out, then you're not Mm. worthy. It seems like a huge power expenditure. I mean, I guess she just had a lot of faith in bros. Um, (laughs) I love that name. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't know that his name was Blake. Um, The, and I just, yeah. And it, it's interesting too, because it's like, okay, you had this whole realization and like relief about your memories of Carl not being real, but like your memories of Carl were real and that did happen. And that sucks. But also, (laughs) but yeah, these, these people have sided with Rose and I don't know why. Um, But yeah. And then Barb, presumably Barb, they were like, Oh, if Barbatorum, like if one of them lives or whatever, and it works out like Barbatorum would just like cut them in half again. And it seems like maybe he can't because he's in the, circle mm-hmm. so like grandma rose used him to do it the one time and then he can't just be like ha. Oh. Um, yeah I-, I guess in in terms of picking rose because when when this talk was taking place wasn't that right after they just met him the first time out he, after he mm-hmm. came out of the side they didn't remember him so i can kind of understand why even if you're getting told he was your original friend or whatever but they've got the connection to rose now since blake fell I, I guess I'd probably pick Rose too in that circumstance, rather than the creepy tree guy in the mirrors. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, connections are powerful. Um, yeah, I'm just wondering: did they promise something to her? Is there some sort of like reason? Because none of them are kind of like, oh, maybe we can. I don't know. Talk to him. Maybe we can like, <laughs> yeah, figure yeah. something out. Um, like maybe we can figure out a way for you both to not like none of them like try to defend him or anything. I don't know, except Evan because he's perfect. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do love how just Evan is always on Blake, Team Blake. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. very cute. I, I yeah, I do think it's a fair criticism that none of Blake's friends wanted to talk it out with him. They all were just. Although, I guess Rose did kind of conquest them into agreeing to take her side, too. Yeah. Yeah, she does. Um, I mean, and then after Blake learns this, he, like, he doesn't want to talk to them. And I feel like there might be some explanation. Like, there might be something there that could help. Um, because the drain or the drains, the abyss is showing him, like, what will hurt him the most and maybe there is some context that could help yeah i guess it will be up to him to actually talk to them to to figure that out right and now he doesn't want to um yay (laughs) one point abyss (laughs) seven points abyss (laughs) yeah it's it's probably got more than one that's not the first point on the board um but yeah so uh i guess yeah blake is snapped out of his vision uh, and the gang are all... There's a lot of bickering, basically, in this section as they try to figure out what to do now that they've got a portal back to the material plane. Um, the exception, of course, being Eva, who just has immediately disappeared. <laughs> she doesn't even say thank you. Uh, good for her. I wonder what <laughs> she experienced and if it really fucked either of them up and how we would... If we're going to learn that. Because I could see it showing Eva like really awful things. Um, but we'll have to catch up with her to find out. It's, it seems like there's so much kind of left in this story to uncover and understand, but also 
like so few arcs to do it in i'm i don't really know how many chapters and stuff there are or anything but um i'm pretty excited he's <laughs> he's good at the story about packing all the information and action in so yeah ah, i'm excited yeah. um no comment <laughs> but yeah so he, so now blake is really angry especially with alexis he feels very betrayed he can't look at alexis he doesn't want to talk to her um and of course the mirror's broken um whether you know blake is like well maybe she did it on purpose and is like double guessing and always thinking about like you know whenever they all look at each other or whenever whatever and like sure they're communicating something um but also it's just paranoia and upsetness <laughs> um yeah so he's not doing okay he's arguably doing the least okay out of anyone which is fair maybe <laughs> roxanne he and roxanne i think are pretty pretty bad um he's i mean blake feels like he's lost his purpose i think um but he keeps saying mm. things like they're still my friends like they're my friends whatever but they're not his allies and they're not whatever and yeah he's worried about the future and he needs a reason to like go on um and that's bad um yeah um yeah he very much has this vibe because there's that bit where he starts talking about the future and alexis i think it is is like you don't have to worry about that right now mm. and his paranoia is just like oh really it's <laughs> just he, he's a he's a big mess yes um god um but yeah i guess touching it on how everyone's doing green eyes is submerged in the snow like an adorable like dog mole something uh <laughs> i love it um the way they describe this, my parents owned a golden retriever when they first got married, and I have like really vague memories of her. Um, she died when I was pretty little, but they lived in Colorado and Utah, and um, they describe how she loved the snow, and yeah, she would just like jump out into it and like run, and you'd see this like mound tunnel like forming like. And she'd like jump out and like and green eyes. It's totally green eyes. It's so good. <laughs> She's just like I'm out. This is sort of water. Like everything's great. Yeah, it. You know, it, it's basically water. Um, mm -hmm. It seems to work for her. So yeah. yeah. God, she's I oh, do, she's the best. She just has such a fun energy. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And she's so yeah. I mean, Blake has been really kind of suspicious and on edge about her lately um as well i guess not really in these chapters but um i just love her so much and if she betrays blake i'm going to be so <laughs> devastated <laughs> um you sound like you sound like blake right now i'm so <laughs> she's so great um yeah alexis is trying to fix kathy's arm and um that's not going great uh peter is like what are we gonna do what's happening someone literally form a plan and he starts getting agitated and describing how all the monsters are gonna like kill them slowly and Kristoff doesn't like this because he just watched his brother be killed by all the monsters <laughs> <laughs> and he shoves peter 
And Peter, you know, sort of like steps backward and then shoves Kristoff, which means he like falls and almost falls through the floor and it's not great. Um, I, yeah, I, I was really liking Peter and I think I still like Peter, but I, these chapters, I was like, you're being a dickhead, like, stop it. Um, and so Blake saves Kristoff and Peter's really afraid of Blake because he's a scary tree man. <laughs> and this is what gets Alexis to be like, hey, Blake, come help me. Um, and then Blake tries to fix Kathy's arm and it doesn't work. And the theory is that it's the abyss because Alexis says that Blake did it right. Um, and we're just not doing great. And mm-hmm. we're cold and we're in the abyss. And there's others trying to kill them. And it's just, it's bad. Yeah, I remember this being one of those bits where, as an Australian, it, it had not occurred to me that they would open this portal and it would be, like, minus a bajillion degrees <laughs> outside. And, that like, that was something they were going to have to think about. Um, but that's, like, the 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 horror of them having the portal, but it's too cold for them to actually use it is, is yeah. Mm-hmm. And same, I've only been in, like, well, actually, do Canadians use Celsius? I think so. Oh, that's not as bad then. I was thinking it was negative 10 Fahrenheit and I was like, oh my God. Like, um, what is that? Negative 10 Celsius. Yeah, so that'd be negative 23 um, Celsius is what I thought they were experiencing. That's a big difference. (laughs) Because I've been in, um, I've been in like negative 4 Fahrenheit, which I guess is like negative 20. Uh, Mm once and it was intense and i mean i had all the layers and snow boots and i was very prepared and yeah okay so what's negative 10 yeah i i did i i went i went camping outside toronto actually um in december one time and it probably would have been about those temperatures (laughs) too what I was with it was with friends. It was like so. It wasn't camp. It was like it was it was yurting. So there was like a, a hot a hot thing that we sort of partially put together, and then it had a fire inside. And we did spend a lot of time up against that fire. And then you'd put on like forty layers of clothing to brave the outside. <laughs> but like that yeah, sounds like, kind of fun. It, yeah, it was it was a blast. But like you know, I'm I'm just picturing the abyss is the yurt in this situation, <laughs> and then you open the door. And it was that that was a lot. Like even because they just they have the door just open or their portal just right. staying there open. It's like surely there's a cold breeze coming in. Yeah. It's like they took the abyss and they made it a little bit worse. <laughs> <laughs> the abyss is taking notes. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah, so negative ten Celsius is fourteen Fahrenheit, and that's fucking cold. Mm. Like solidly cold. Um the it's interesting, like you know, Green Eyes is outside. She's like, fuck the abyss. Ellie is described as standing right outside. Um, the places that they're choosing to be is interesting. Mm. Um, um, yeah. I also just wanted to call out from this section the bit where Roxanne falls asleep for a little bit. Oh my God. And they try to wake her. <laughs> and she doesn't take it right. Um, Blake doesn't manage to stop them in time. And I think, so she cuts Alexis's palms right open. Mm-hmm. with a knife anyway yeah so yeah i was gonna say i love that she has a knife like good on you roxanne <laughs> but also wow um like poor alexis i hope i mean like because yeah her palms might not heal in this environment very well either 
Um, but also it's great that she tries to save her from clawing her own skin off. Um, I, yeah, it's, it's really horrible and awful. Um, and, and then the, like one of the best exchanges happens where Roxanne says, I'm never going to be okay again. And Peter's yeah. like, well, if it's any consolation, you're a Thorburn. You were never going to be okay. Like, <laughs> and she's like, wow, you're right. Yeah, the best part about that is that it works. Like, <laughs> Tiffany's, like, appalled on the side, and Roxanne's just kind of like, yeah, yeah, good point, good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so this is where Mr. Grimace comes back and is bound. And um, another really interesting thing was that um, um, Christoph is like, so how do I become a practitioner? Oh, yeah. And... um. Tiff, you know, explains it. It's like, this is what you got to do. You can't lie. You become more other. And Kristoff's like, well, being less human sounds good. And I was like, no, Verona. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it seems like Kristoff is viewing this as like kind of an escape or something, maybe. And the the others are like, no. And the thing that really gets to him is Blake's like, so, you know, did any of the kids who pick on you or any of them behaves? And it's like, well, that's one of these families. Like, it doesn't really change. It's not an escape from this. Um, the situation with our families and crap. <clears throat> and he's still really involved in building the body and in, you know, binding Mr. Grimace and all of that. Mm. But, um, I mean... I he also says maybe he's not as interested. He just really wants revenge. And so I could see him going in a witch huntery direction, possibly. Um, if you want to destroy others and you don't want to awaken, that seems like the best way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah. 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 It, well, yeah, he's going through a lot right now. I do really like the moment where he's just like, I think Ty tries to get him to stop and take a break. And he's like, no, 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 I need to be doing something right now mm -hmm. like because so many of the other thorburns particularly peter are constantly calling him a chicken shit or whatever but like mm -hmm. he's doing better than i would especially at that age oh yeah i yeah i really like him um I, it seemed he's the only person in the thorburn family who's never except for ivy who's never called out as like being a shithead like even like <laughs> james or daniel or whatever his name was that like i literally can't remember ever having heard of before his like he freaked out and got hurt with blake um like even he blake was like yeah this kid is an asshole he's not roxanne but he's an asshole and christoph is just like christoph is a puppy angel doll like christoph <laughs> like <laughs> is wonderful and he really is showing a lot of i mean i think a lot of courage and a lot of determination and yeah it's like i wish peter wasn't so mean to him because it's making me like peter less <laughs> which yeah peter really flip-flops between whether you think he's very fun or just needs to go away yeah which is part of part of his charm but also part of not his charm yeah like even in this chapter with the whole roxanne thing that was great and then later when mr grimace goes off to do his thing green eyes like snarls at him um and blake says that she's asserting dominance and peter says down girl and then she snarls at him and that was fucking great <laughs> like, that was just so good. um 
And like thinking about how Green Eyes assessed Peter is like, yeah, like Peter's like attractive or whatever, but also Blake's way better. And just kind of thinking about them interacting after seeing that little snippet of her assessment of him is really fun. So you're shipping Green Eyes and Peter? Is that what I'm? Is that what I'm hearing? <sighs> Interesting. <laughs> like, I don't see her ever really being interested, but I think it could be fun to watch him try. <laughs> uh yeah but i also love how like green eyes and tie come back from their wood mission no, their and, special mission yeah right um and ty's like here's a bunch of wood and green eyes is like here's some human bones <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah. if you wanted that to be less scary you should have swapped who presented them <laughs> I, I think isn't there somebody who's like uh are those deer bones and green eyes one is like nope they're definitely human um i think also before before they leave she does her classic um oh my if God. you die can i eat you uh, uh gimmick and, and ty ty does give her the okay i'm so obsessed with her she's <laughs> so great it made me happy remembering how she did that with like and now she's doing it with ty because of how her she seemed to really like want to eat evan and being like oh yeah she wants to eat literally everyone <laughs> like <laughs> it's not um but yeah because she's you know they're like oh no what if ty dies and then we have fewer clothes and we're fucked and green is just sort of like i'll bring it back but can i eat you first <laughs> yeah. oh, sorry sorry Please, may I eat you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, and God, you know, I that's the her. sort of growth we love to see in things like Pale too. You know, she's 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 growing. She's getting politer and nicer. I she know. knows her please and thank yous. She, yeah. God. <laughs> Let's try assuming I won't die. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she's so good. But also. It's pre- I think it's a reasonable request. Like if if I were if you're so inclined to eat people, <laughs> you know why let him go to waste? I I think it's good to clarify these things and be nice about it. Right? No, I think she didn't have to ask permission, and it's I mean it's probably better karma <laughs> or whatever. But it's um it's very upfront. And I like it. Even like when she originally did with Blake, I was like, yeah, cool, legit. And this time, I'm like, yeah, you might have other yeah. things to eat, but you seem to be very hungry, so. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, well, and because like because we've seen Blake get little power boosts from scaring people. Mm-hmm. I wonder if Green Eyes gets that too, and she's just she's just poking, springing up, eating people. Maybe that's a little, oh. a little little sneaky power boost for Green Eyes. A little fear boost, maybe. But she's nice about it. That's yeah. all that really matters. I wonder if yeah, if she thinks that if she doesn't realize that it's scary. And she thinks that, like, the politeness and the, like, asking for permission is what's giving her a power boost. And that's why she keeps doing it. It's really good. So so she just doesn't realize that scaring people is what's giving her power. And she thinks she's mm-hmm. being friendly to everyone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She doesn't realize that she's terrifying them all. Mm-hmm. And she's like, oh, like, I become a little bit stronger. Like, I feel better when I, like, am straightforward with people and when I ask them for things. <laughs> when I give them surprise hugs. But yeah, uh, I, love her. I really didn't <laughs> expect her to be this big of a thing in the story, and I just I'm so happy. 
Yeah, she comes out of nowhere and just instantly <laughs> wins you over, doesn't she? Mm-hmm. Um, and I really didn't think she was going to come back. Like, I was like, oh, maybe she's like, you know, the girlfriend who disappeared. And like, like maybe we'll learn that. Maybe we won't. But it's just sort of like, I never thought we'd see her again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember being so surprised when it was her that Blake got Faisal to get, or when, when Blake asked Faisal to get her mm-hmm. from from the dress i was like oh i forgot about it mm-hmm. um but yeah i guess so um speaking of uh now that green eyes has got blake the parts for his new body she uh helps ease him into it as he gives a big speech while literally ripping his own heart out of his chest oh my god um speaking of thorburns and being extra <laughs> yeah one one thing that was funny um when they were like putting the body together and he's like trying to pretend everything's fine. Was he's like, oh well, do you need me to like pose? Like, because they seem <laughs> to not be sure if it's a good idea. But um, they do it, and yeah, they they wrap these bones and sticks. And Blake's like, okay, I guess it looks like a body, and now I'll finish it. Um, and this was incredibly extra, but also reminded me of the Kenneteers sometimes, or you know, like also Alistair in this. Um, story when you're trying to like make do something big and impactful you want the spirits to like help you and part of that is just like being extra and stating Mm. things um so yeah it it did feel a little cheesy but also in this story i was like cool i get why you're doing this um it's one of those fun things that makes kind of cliched moments like this actually really make a lot of sense yeah yeah because yeah i think you're right he's totally getting a power boost because all the spirits are going like well this is this is cool because it is <laughs> it is cool yeah he so he's tearing his stick his stick body apart and putting it into the new stick body um he takes all of the bird spirits he can out of his body and puts them into the new body and then he rips out his fucking heart and i'm just like what <laughs> like that's still there but i guess he has it hasn't been stabbed yet so i guess it would still be there um and yeah when none of his friends step forward to help but green eyes does and that's she's so good um (laughs) she's just like you're my friend and i love you and also like i'm gonna help you get out of here like you're good and like this might be creepy and horrifying but also it's great and yeah, and you know it's a selfless act because this isn't even a body she can eat. I don't think. Wow. But like, There's you know, I don't, I don't think she eats sticks. But maybe <laughs> yeah. I can't rule it out. To be fair, right? We haven't seen her refuse sticks. <laughs> um, and he, he does talk about a bit of flesh growing back, his face, mm. uh, flesh or whatever grows in, and maybe other places. Um, <clears throat> which is interesting. He. I think he describes his body as probably more fragile, but at least it it does seem like some of the regenerative properties have transferred because he does grow some flesh in, I guess. Um, God, he's insane. And the, the one body turns to dust and he, yeah, wow. Um, he's like, I'm going to keep promises and I'm going to maybe help my friends, but also mostly Evan and let's go kill bad things um and then he walks off with green eyes <laughs> and evan explicitly with his two other friends and not with any of the humans 
without looking back at them striding off into the darkness. Yeah, that final line of without looking back at the humans uh, certainly sells where Blake is at right now. Mm-hmm. He, he no longer identifies as human. Yeah. Um, yeah. And what, so what do you think, what, what's, what's next? What's Blake's plan from here? I'm, <laughs> well, curious, I'm curious where you think he's going. I mean, it sounds like he still wants to set a fire in the house. Um, but the story never quite goes where I think it's going to go. Um, I don't necessarily see him just straight up abandoning them, even though he is really pissed. Um, I think he still wants to help out his family. Um, hmm. So the plan was light part of the house on fire as a distraction. And then I think hang out in the library. That was like the original plan. Uh, what? I don't know. It's like, I feel like he's going to yeah. go and light part of the house on fire, like the kitchen or something. But I also want Rose to come back. So I don't know if he's going to go like fucking look for Rose. Now he can't just like warp over to her, presumably. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, he's going to walk over and light the kitchen on fire. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, step step one with your new stick body is to go start fires. Start fires. It's great. <laughs> Maybe he'll ask Green to do it. <laughs> <laughs> the, um, I forgot to mention when the desk, um, way back at the beginning of the first chapter for this week, when the desk falls through, um, and it describes like you know the void or whatever and just the falling i really thought for like half a second that there was like we were finally gonna get that there was a demon under the house and i freaked out <laughs> 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 this is the second time that's happened to me and i'm so annoyed and it's both when like holes to the abyss are forming because with mags and then with this and like mm. um there's probably not a demon under the house but like what if there's a well that's the thing the the abyss hole would be like above it so that it's actually obscuring the demon even more oh that's true they didn't make a specific portal so he's still down there or it's an angel now i don't even remember (laughs) (laughs) um yeah anything else from these two chapters um no i don't think so i think i'm ready to talk about pale a little specifically yeah well yeah the pale in comparison section (laughs) <laughs> as the name of the podcast is um what did you want to what did you have to bring for that it reminds you of pale from these two um the thing i wanted to talk about most is i've been thinking a lot about packed readers versus pale readers as we talked about a little earlier and mm. um going back and thinking of the very first chapters of pale and verona and how verona is like i want to be an other and we see that with Kristoff a little bit in this section but why i was thinking about it is like so many others used to be human like Mm. blake evan and green eyes were all humans and none of them are in a better place than when they were human um and i think they would all happily gladly go back um and thinking of like the horror that it must have been for someone who had red packed coming to pale and hearing like a 13 year old girl be like i want to be another and like this is how <laughs> like this is your knowledge of what a human turning into another is like um is so horrifying like there's like spirits and like i still i don't know what fey and goblin are exactly um 
And there's the lost, but it seems like a lot of others used to be human. Um, Alpie, Matthew, Edith, to some extent. Yeah. Um, yeah, like think, we don't yeah, know about the Mrs. goblins and fairies, Mrs. but bits and pieces, I think, of of mm-hmm. person. Like, like I, I get the impression that some of whatever she conglomerated from was presumably used to be human. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't know anything about Rook, I guess, but like Tashlet, um, I guess John was never like exactly a human, um, though he's taken things from humans. Um, yeah, well, again, he was another bit of a, like he was a, a bit of a human soup in a lot of ways, right? Like a mm-hmm. bunch of bits of people and ideas got lobbed together. Mm-hmm. And it, I mean, it reminds me of the thing Avery said to the Page of Sons about others being like revolving around humanity. Kind of, it does feel that way when you really think about where do others come from. Um, at least most of the ones we know about. Um, but yeah, just the idea of do do do, gotta read this book. Oh my god, you want to be an other? That's the worst I do have a feeling in our first backed to packed segment that we did in <laughs> in Pale, it was it was one of the ones. It was after Verona said she wanted to be an other, and I'm pretty sure we we sort of opened it with like, oh fuck, here we go again. Like, yeah, we just we just saw the horrors Blake went through, <laughs> slowly realizing he wasn't human, and this chick like actively wants that. <laughs> mm. Um. Yeah. But like, it, it like it's interesting because you can look at other people like Nina and like the mm-hmm. the librarian animus and um like John when he was it's like like being an other doesn't have to suck. It's just. Hmm. M- made so that it usually does as well is is almost the other side of that in my opinion like there yeah like i think there there's a way to construct a world where wanting to be an other makes a lot of sense and mm-hmm. kirillin thinks she's closer to that world than maybe she is but <laughs> um yeah i like I, I think there's 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 ways for there's ways for it to make sense it's just the other verse largely isn't it right um <sighs> There's a part of it too, though, is like becoming a practitioner is making yourself a little bit more other and mm. thinking about all the people in these stories who like want to do that. Um, cause magic is fucking cool. And I'm glad I'm not a practitioner because I, I don't feel smart enough to get this shit right. Um, and yeah. to intuit this stuff the way a lot of Wild Bow's characters do, but like just existing on this planet really really horrible bad shit can happen to you but like it probably won't and it feels like we see a lot of really really bad shit happen to practitioners but also it's still probably unlikely for those really horrible things to happen and so while you see horrors and you see yeah just various really 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 bad consequences like i also haven't been like kidnapped by cult members and whatever (laughs) whatever like people still have children in this world even when like the worst things could happen to them and so yeah i could see a lot of people wanting to be practitioners which is becoming a little more other and i don't know i don't know where i'm going with this yeah well it's like um in pate right like we met that the Mm. the lady cheryl who just worked for like a group that wrote 
sort of little tourist guides for neat little places. Like there are the mm-hmm. non-main character practitioners who just seem to lead <laughs> pretty okay lives. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I hope like we get I, more of those. That was so fun. <laughs> that wasn't. That's, yeah, what a fun little. I love Grim. Mm. Um, yeah, like yeah, actually, well, yeah, Grimsy and that whole section was just like that was another. It was like a peaceful little place where a bunch of others and practitioners lived. And it was like yeah. Um, I I do I do think Pact you know it like has a lot of some of the worst others in it. Um, like like demons, obviously, mm-hmm. there's less demons in Pale. Um, and that colors your view of what otherdom can be. It also, yeah, I think I'm finally understanding how horrifying demons are, but like reflecting my knowledge of Pale, because like the way that people lost their shit when like a tiny, tiny piece of a demon was like in something. um, Yeah. And really reflecting on that and being like, okay, yeah, like what would the main characters of this story do if they confronted a demon? Like what would even you know happen and you're just immediately like in this story i've been like here's some demons like and so i feel like the the scale was kind of off in my mind and thinking about um we see a behame in the latest section of um the of pale which was a fun little call out and just thinking like oh if she's like you know connected to this town this you know presumably crazy shit's gonna happen in this story and some of it's gonna involve demons and even if it doesn't just being like oh yeah i live in a town and a diabolist lives in that town like that's fucking wild um Mm. but in impact it's like yeah this is really bad but it doesn't seem like completely why the fuck is even this happening um yeah 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 for sure (laughs) and i mean part of that's the the uh protagonist by like blake did just get dropped in this to this world though it's like Mm -hmm. um when Avery uh, was telling Sheridan about the world of magic and she opened that door and she's like, this is the Cascus Wilds <laughs> with all the, the primevals. And then Sheridan kept bringing up the primevals and Avery kept mm-hmm. being like, oh, I don't know why you keep bringing those up. They don't have to, like, they're not very common. Like, they don't come up much. They're and it's really like, that's all you've shown her. Like, <laughs> of course she's going to bring up the giant prehistoric creatures when that's all she knows. And it's, it, it's probably similar for Blake. It's like, he you get handed a book with all the demons you can use. It's like, there's demons who's going to be more common for you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's another type of other that didn't start as human almost certainly, but those are so fun. Big dinosaurs. (laughs) They get measured in elephant scales. (laughs) It's 27 and a half elephants. (laughs) Um, Another quick comparison to pale that I wanted to pull was Mm -hmm. um, we saw in arc 20 how terrible a time adrian had when he dropped into the ruins for a bit because he was astrally projecting and then i think it was just after that that verona suggested she could astrally project into the ruins or drop her material form into the abyss and that was when alpi was like that's the stupidest idea i've ever heard (laughs) um which felt like a direct call out to sort of what blake just did in this chapter like just Hmm. Dropping your material for like I wonder if normal practitioners kind of come in here as as ghosts uh, and astral project into the abyss, right? As like a buffer, um, yeah, right. Because yeah, the idea of sending like your spiritual form into the spiritual hell place is dumb to ask a child to do. And <laughs> let's go on a field trip. God, Blake. Every single thing Blake decides to do seems to make some sense in the moment, and you understand why he feels 
pressured to do certain things. Sometimes he just runs off and decides to kill a demon, and you're like, you could have done that like later. Um, <laughs> but like, and not at so many time. little decisions. <laughs> um, but when you step back and you're like, if you've led your family into the abyss, like something has gone wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's so- that's something I think was. Before they were stuck in the library, like this is the, this is the thing with the crazy Blake plans. It's like, well, they were already stuck in the library with a gin outside trying to knock oh the door down. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, like I don't know, they were very much right. in the fire. Like there was, it was a good idea to jump to the frying pan, <laughs> and now they've jumped to the frozen lake or something. <laughs> uh. Um, cool. Well, yeah. Uh, did you have anything else you wanted to to bring up from Pale? Uh, no, I don't think I could. Yeah. Cool. Well, in that case, it's time for my favorite section. <laughs> Your bold and specific prediction. Hit us uh, with it. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, a couple days ago, I was going to be like, no, it's still Grandma Rose. And I don't think so. So it's not Grandma Rose. Um, should I say something about Mr. Grimace or Corviday? Remembering that Corviday is out there is horrifying. Um, <laughs> uh, he's helping. Uh-huh. <laughs> He's a little help. God. And and knowing that like Blake and Rose are supposed to kill each other and then you draw the like angry connection man into the you know, that's such a this is it was so bad. Um <laughs> Corviday. Right, where are we going? We're outside the house. It's like this felt kind of like a like mic drop arc over chapter, and it's like mm. not. And so I'm like, okay, we have two chapters left in this normal part of the arc. Uh too bad they're the Bahames are a police family and not a firefighter family, because that'd be funny to somehow be like <laughs> the firefighters. It's a small town, maybe there's overlap. Like <laughs> you know, like they might share infrastructure in a small town. Hmm. Um, okay, here's here's one. The Blake they'll manage to start the fire and it'll be bad, and the gin will just like snap its fingers and like put the fire out. <laughs> and it'll just be dealt with how are they going to get out of the portal um they can't go back right like they can't go back into the abyss (laughs) i mean oh oh. they can they technically can (laughs) should they no um i think that blake is going to get back into the library and learn some critical piece of information there by the end of the story. Oh, I like that one. Something yeah. something from his grandma? Yeah. Like, I'm almost thinking, like, we'll finally figure out what the fuck is going on with Rose. And Because she still has said, I mean, like, she can lie or whatever, so she sucks. But she was like, yeah, like, I was the heir in my timeline or, like, whatever. And I don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. We, um... We totally skipped over the fact that she also drops that she has the heart and soul, and Blake didn't get those. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then Blake cuts his heart out. Yeah. I guess, how literal. Fuck, wait, 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 wait. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so on that note, uh, <laughs> there, was a, there was a discussion question. <laughs> We'll, we'll leave Boya to stew on that one. Um, but yeah, so you, you and Jenny asked people for their favorite chill or comfort. Uh, yeah, 
this was nice. Thanks everyone for suggesting. Um, I definitely, uh, I definitely should like make some sort of. I don't know how YouTube works. Can you make like personal like playlists? I guess or like yeah, favorites. So. Yeah, I should make something like that. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure it has that feature. I've never used it, but I think it's there. Yeah. Um, in oh. particular, one that I really wanted to check out, Fleet Feathers recommends two different ones. One that sounds very up my alley, and one that sounds very not. Um, <laughs> one is um, Baumgartner Restoration. Baumgartner Restoration. Um, it's this dude. He restores old paintings. Um, it's beautiful to watch. He has a nice voice. He's good at it. Sounds great. But then hmm. there's Journey to the Microcosmos, which sounds real scary. <laughs> um, I have tryptophobia, kind of, and I think that's like hmm. the thing in ninth grade biology that cemented the fact that I was never going to go to med school, um, was looking at a diagram of the bilipid phosphate hydro, whatever, the like the cell layer, the cell yeah, like with with all, where you can see like all the individual cells squished together to make a wall. Uh huh. The little lipids and the little and the little tails. So, <laughs> but if you're people like Fleet Feathers and Elliot, I hope you like this video. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> um the the Baumgartner one was also there was like a a recurring theme I noticed in a lot of these, which is just a lot of these videos are just somebody going through a process that takes like a decent amount of time, but is very like you like systemic, like or systematic. Mm -hmm. Like you, you go mm -hmm. through and you do like, so re re uh, restoring these paintings, you like sort of rub them with the stuff and you, you go over the whole painting and then you go over it with the next chemical. Um, and similarly, like uh Walbo posted some like blacksmithing videos and a guy mm -hmm. who sets up aquariums um like the, i a lot of these videos are just like a person sort of doing a thing and you just get to watch like it's it's like watching somebody color in almost just like more advanced yeah you can really see a like study progression kind of and things come together mm. Mm. i think it's, um, yeah that steady progression is the important part for sure it's, it's like you it's like there's just this catharsis from watching some progress sort of consistently get made mm-hmm but without the need to do the thing. Like I posted <laughs> one myself, which was like a person who uh, like cleans up lawns like that are really bad and like trims all the edges and power washes the things. And, like it's so fun to watch, but like I used to do that when I, when I rented a place by myself and I, I hated it. It was awful. <laughs> so like, I don't like doing it, but watching it was, was great. Mm -hmm. um, Arctic art recommends a video that's a, time lapse of a cargo ship um there's like chill music mm. and this is an interesting yeah also a progression but not like watching a human physically fix something it's just you're watching the ship you're watching stuff happen on it um kind of cool this is the one for me i found this one a little terrifying like <laughs> there's something there's something about boats in the middle of nowhere where the when you feel like alone on them that is just kind of existentially terrifying to me. Mm. That's actually part of why I like doing that. I've loved going on like little sailing trips or whatever when you get that sense of like you can't see land and it's just like you and the boat and that's the whole world right now. But like also it's terrifying. <laughs> yeah. 
That reminds me of a video game I need to play. Uh, the Return of the Obra Dinn. I think it's like a yeah. mystery on a boat. Yeah. I thought you were going to say Subnautica, which is the, the I refuse um, to play that game because it scares me too much. I have yeah. um, is it thalassophobia? The thing where you where I don't like swimming in the ocean because I'm convinced something giant is going to come up and swallow me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Because I used to, I used to like, I I used to like the first thing I did when I went to the beach as a kid was go swim out past the waves and just like float out past the Hmm. waves, and now I can't do it. That sucks. Did anything happen, or you just sort of thought about it too much or something? (laughs) I don't know what I don't know what happened, but just one day I decided that sharks were going to get me. That's like me in planes. I used to really like planes, and now I'm always like, yeah, this will probably crash. (laughs) (laughs) Because wait. Half your brain knows that that's not true. Like there's the logical mm-hmm. part of your brain that's like this is fine, but then there's that the, the, that tiny part of my brain is a lot louder, and that's the one that's like, yeah, there's probably like ten sharks down there, and they're just they're waiting. Oh no, they can't wait. So sharks are scary. <laughs> yeah, I just I, I I used to have that in the pool as a kid too. Sometimes I'd be swimming like in an indoor swimming pool, oh, and sometimes no. sneaking up behind me. Like brains are dumb. Hmm. I'm, I'm, you know what? Yeah, I want to be an other. I don't. I want to get rid of that part of the. Dumb <laughs> shit. Irrational fear part. Yeah. Um. We also got a, a answer from Kipos who posted a Jenny Nicholson video, which this was the other sort of. Uh, there were a bunch of people who talked about uh, like video essay um, people, uh, mm-hmm. and Nicholson is one of those YouTubers who does like over an hour long. Uh, video essays on on stuff and kipos posted her one on the worst reality show of all time which i have seen before and oh my god that show was a disaster (laughs) yeah it seems like we accidentally i mean maybe you did it on purpose but it seems kind of accident that we grouped these together because um vorpal plugs uh random game reviews which is also a guy like talking about games and reviewing them um, and then I'm actually not sure. Do you know Megafire recommended Dan Olson and H Bomber Guy? Are you familiar? I've heard of them, but I think I watched one. I think Dan Olson might be the guy who did the big video on NFTs. Huh. But don't quote me on that. Well, but like <laughs> the the video about how NFTs suck um, and why they're mm-hmm. not good. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I've heard of both. I think I think Dan Olson and H Bomber guys sit kind of near Jenny Nicholson in the spectrum of people who do very long video essays, but theirs are a bit more serious. Mm. I also really like. Um, I can't remember his name, but there's this guy who does really long essays on like random linguistic stuff, or like why Hangman, how Hangman works as a game, like why do we have the letter Y Ooh, or something like that. Um, he does one on like Quenya, the like Lord of the Rings language. Um, those are fun. I should figure out who that is. Ben would know. There's um, a there's a show on Netflix called Explained, which is like mini thirty minute documentaries on various topics. And there's one on hmm. the history of the uh, exclamation mark, and that was fascinating. I did oh, not realize you could make half half an hour of fun content about the history of the exclamation mark, but apparently you can. <laughs> huh. Okay. Well. I think it's time to talk about a new discussion question, um, <laughs> which I think we've settled on. Um, tell us about the worst field trip you've ever had or vacation or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Just 
Just like how uh, the characters this week went on a fun little trip to the abyss. <laughs> we, we want to hear about your equivalent. <laughs> Tell us we've all got a story this abyss. bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, another one. Uh, I was do you have thinking- one? Oh. Uh, do, oh, do you have um, a story of your? What's your? What's your worst field trip? Let's, let's, let's give people inspiration. Yeah. Well, so this this is also the story of my worst birthday. Um, which- oh, that's that's a lot of extra points. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's a vacation. This was like a really bad vacation day. Um, so I turned 20 and I was in Italy with my family and we were driving from Venice to Florence that day, I think. Um, but like I wake up and I, you know, I remember it's my birthday, but like no one wishes me happy birthday. And so that's a bad start. (laughs) And then we, we rent a car and mom is the only one with an international driver's license at that point. Um, Dad, like, just hadn't gone to do the paperwork or something. Um, And so she's the only one who can drive the car, and it's a stick shift, and Mom can drive stick shift, but out of all four of us, she was the worst at it. Um, And it's this huge car, and Dad would always go through methodically and, like, know how to turn all the lights on and off and the radio and just like very meticulously check everything before we would start driving. And that would drive mom nuts. So when she has a rental car, she's like, it's on. Okay. <laughs> we start going and I'm navigating. Um, Cause I really like, you know, looking at maps and doing whatever. And we're going along and it's, it's stressful again. We're in a really big car. Luckily they drive on the same side of the road as we do in the U S um, unlike England when my dad was driving, which was also fun um in a different way (laughs) and we get to this toll booth and we don't speak italian so we're not quite sure what we're doing but we get into this line and turns out it's only for the toll pass and this car doesn't have a toll pass and mom can't figure out how to put the car into reverse because normally with the stick shift right there's like the five gears and then the reverse thingy but this car actually has six gears (laughs) and okay and a magical reverse somehow, and we don't know how to do it. We can't figure it out. So there's a a guy yelling at us in Italian over a speaker, and mom panicking, trying to figure out how to reverse. And I'm panicking, and I just like have anxiety, and I'm just like not having a good time. And sh- and then this huge like semi truck is like slowly pulling up, behind us. <laughs> and then we're trapped. And eventually they like open the gate because we couldn't figure it out and it's easier to, to let you go for free <laughs> right and then we you know we pulled over we tried to figure out how to whatever and just everyone was mad everyone was fighting it was awful i like freaked out and couldn't navigate anymore and was like sitting in the back and when we finally got to florence after mom like you know there's people on mopeds there's people in the traffic circles it's just awful um she um yeah we finally get to florence and i don't remember at some point i was kind of like it's my birthday and they were all like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) um so (laughs) in what was actually a really great vacation um it was just like one really bad day yeah (laughs) do you have a horrible vacation story or field trip oh damn i thought by being the one who asked you i would get (laughs) i've got one that's sort of inspired by oh no that's probably not okay i've got one that's 
relevant to Roxanne's experience this trip. Oh, oh the, no. these chapters. <laughs> um, so my school had a cadet unit, which is basically uh, a thing you can do with the Australian military, uh-huh. where they send a bunch of like gear and stuff to the school, and then you do these programs where it's like basic mini military related stuff. Um, and so one of the one of the things you have to do for it uh, in ninth grade is solo, which is where they send you out for two nights completely on your own. What? Um, and what? <laughs> and so I was doing my solo. Oh my god! And they dropped me off on the side of this steep hill. And part of the thing is you have to stay within a certain range of where they drop you off. Mm-hmm. Um. And I couldn't find anywhere to set up my, essentially, like, you, d- you don't get a tent. You get, like, a, a thing that, it's called a hoochie, and it's it's a tent without walls. So, it's just, like, the roof. Oh, um, wow. I couldn't find anywhere good to stick. So, I ended up, like, just going about halfway up this hill <laughs> and just attaching it to two trees on the hill. Hmm. And um, I then woke up in the middle of the night. And in my sleeping bag, I had slid about 30 meters <laughs> down the hill. Um, so I, I could see my, my hoochie in the distance when I pulled my torch out. And I had about, I want to say, 30 ticks on my head, like just all in my hair. Like, because I'd, I'd set up all the tick protection stuff around the hoochie, but I'd slipped past it all. So I basically had to climb back up, get into my hoochie so I could hang my torch from it, get my mirrors out, and I spent about the next four hours pulling ticks out of myself. And, oh, my uh, God. Yeah, and then I slept most of the day after <laughs> sitting there at night, like, shaking. Um, so that was fun. That was that was a good one. That's so awful. I was just lucky. I, I thought I was lucky I got all the ticks out because, I, like, I don't, know, mm. I don't know if this is just an Australian thing or not, but, like, if you, if you don't, like, twist them the right way when you pull them out here, then the... They leave their head in, so you pull their body off, but the head oh, stays in. My god! Uh, and then they keep injecting you with like the poisons and shit. Oh my god! Yeah, good times. So, like in America, my first thought is like the liability they would never, but also like the bugs. That's so scary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so after that, I got put on the radio team, which is so because like, because we're out there by ourselves, we do have a radio, so we could call for emergency help. Um. And so then I, I went on to the radio team, which are basically the kids who go out and set up a tower for a week. And our job hmm. is to like relay all the messages and like, you know, whether people you call for the emergency. And then we actually would call the people. And like, when I was in there, we had one kid who had to get chopped out because he got bitten by a, a spider. And it was one <gasps> of the, one of the toxic ones. It was a red back. Oh. Um, so we had to organize the helicopter to come pick him up. It was pretty intense. Wow. Um, that wow yeah fun fun program lots of fun <laughs> i guess if you live somewhere as scary as australia it's nice to know how to survive outside but also <laughs> oh, uh, the, the scariest thing sometimes was the people though i th- i think i was more mm-hmm. like we had one guy who was on one of my radio teams once and he was in the year below me at school and he slept in his full because we wear like used versions of the army uniform mm-hmm and so this guy would sleep in like the full uniform with his boots and everything on and the collared shirt, uh, belt. And it, it didn't sleep. 
not in a sleeping bag. And you see, he just lay down on his back, kind of went perfectly. And then he started talking in like tongues. No. Like while he was sleeping. Like it was like sleep talking, but (laughs) not in English and not in a language I recognized. And that was scarier than the wildlife. Just a guy <laughs> sort of sitting there at night going like, like terrifying. Yeah. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> uh, well, we hope we inspired you all to think of horrible experiences <laughs> yeah. in your lives. <laughs> <laughs> so that's the sort of content we're after. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so I guess thanks for, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, Please subscribe, share it with your friends, or leave a rating and a review. Um, you can also support the co- podcast at patreon.com forward slash doofmedia. And you can support Walbo as he continues to write fantastic stories at patreon.com forward slash Walbo. So I've been meaning to ask, why I feel like do Australians always say forward slash? Is it do you use the backslash ever? Um huh, good point. <laughs> I mean, I have to use Windows for works, but so sometimes, but begrudgingly. Mm. <laughs> You're right. I, I don't ever say backslash. There's no need for me to say forward slash. So I, I feel like I would say backslash. I wouldn't say forward slash. Yeah i I didn't even realize I was doing it. Now I'm gonna be now I'm gonna be insecure about that for the <laughs> next so little bit. So that, that'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be so aware of that tomorrow. No, it's it's specific and descriptive and useful. <laughs> but I, I, think, no, I think this is like one of those things, you know, where it's like um, where you don't where you notice how your tongue doesn't fit in your mouth. Like it's going to be like mm. one of those sorts of things. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> well, um, you can follow the pod on Twitter at Pale Comparison. Or send us an email at paleincomparisonpod at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for our Reddit thread in r slash parahumans, where you can answer our discussion question and share your thoughts on this episode. In addition, if you would like to see all of my predictions laid out, check out our episode description for a link to a prediction tracker. Next episode, we will be covering chapters 12.7 and 12.8. Exciting. Mm. Uh, Don't forget about the costume contest, everyone. That's... I think, yeah, this would be the last episode that you're listening to for this where you still have time to get entries in. Yeah, entries are due Friday, so send them on over. Mm. Cool. Uh, and then uh, as we go, I brought a fun fact, as is as is Jenny's tradition, um, which is pigeons can tell the difference between a painting by Monet and Picasso. But which do they prefer? So I read more. <laughs> this, was a, this was a study done in 1995. I did. I had the same question. Um, <laughs> I think they prefer Picasso because the scientists basically trained them to detect, you know, Monet versus Picasso. Then when they flipped the images upside down, the pigeons could still identify Picasso paintings, but they couldn't identify Monet paintings. So I think, I think what that means is that they like Picasso better. That's fair. Uh, I do, I do really like how this is phrased in the scientific paper that this is from. Uh, which says this result may indicate that the pigeon's behavior was controlled by objects depicted in impressionist paintings, but was not controlled by objects in cubist paintings. (laughs) Like, who is funding this? (laughs) What what is this research for? It's cool, but like... Yeah, my fiancé would really be happy about it, because birds... um, Something something, knowing what pigeons can figure out is useful for letters. 
or something. Yeah. I guess, yeah, these results suggest that pigeons' behavior can be controlled by complex visual stimuli in ways that suggest categorization. Yeah, didn't they use pigeons to, like, direct missiles? What? (laughs) Surely the missiles are faster than the pigeons. No, they, it was, I think it's actually kind of sad. Or they tried. They tried. Um, So they'd put a pigeon in the bomb and they would tap on the screen or something um to like guide it to the target um interesting and so they would like peck at it and then i think like they would die when the bomb hit which makes me really sad because what cool pigeons um but in 1953 they realized they could do it with uh technology so another win for technology yeah (laughs) But yeah, thank you again for joining me on this episode. Um, this was really fun. Yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, it was. It was a blast. And I can't wait for you to see what happens next. <laughs> I'm so upset. It's going to be great. <laughs> <sighs> okay, well, I'll talk to you later. And thank you all for listening. <laughs> <laughs>